Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Prem Show. Happy to have it this week. Didn't think it was going to happen because we had a Bobcast earlier this week, and usually I'm a you know one episode per week kind of guy, but I'm, I'm happy to be here again, and I'm happy to be joined by who wants to go first? Who's feeling better? I'll go. Yeah, Jake Kennecke. Um, yeah, the Bobcast was really fun. Uh, Steven Elias was on. Um, I don't know the guy quite as well as you and Alex, so I kind of just laid out and let you guys do your thing. But it was it was fun talking to Bobca- Bobcast. Um, I need to be more focused on them this upcoming next season. I think they deserve a good show from us, and and I really do like that organization top to bottom. So Alex uh, surprised us with uh, Stephen Elias. I actually didn't know much about him either. Like I kind of knew about him, but he didn't tell us who he was getting. He just said he had a special guest, and then he showed up. He's a really nice guy. Like uh, that yeah. was my first time ever interacting with him. And if if they win the title, um, there's something lucky about him. And Maryland needs to do whatever they can to get him on the team so that we can get a little bit of a little bit right. of right. Stars championship last year, and then Flower City championship this year tomorrow. Jimmy, you gonna watch the uh, Nisa championship? It's uh, somewhere on my docket. I don't know. <laughs> it's above MLS. It's like right in that range. So. FIFA Plus, though, do you have it? Uh, no, I don't have it, but um, it's free, right? Like to sign up for. It. I, yeah. you know I I think I did make an account uh, when they first announced that they were going to carry those games, um, but I don't think I've utilized it. So, but, uh, it could be yeah, on my. Would you it could be on the phone. More as a like Michigan Stars fan. Yeah. <laughs> 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 didn't <No>. you? <laughs> didn't Didn't you say you played against Steven Yunkai at one point? Uh, never played Stephen Yunkai. Kind of no, nah. uh, it's it's out of my age group. No, I just said nah. that like uh, growing up, like Michigan Stars, um, in this area for a long time was like a, a big club team setup. So, um, I remember playing against uh, uh the PDL uh, Michigan Stars team when I was a kid. So that was forever ago though. So, but like, they've been around for a long time. PDL is that for pussies, dumbasses, and losers? <laughs> got him! Oh, wow! Wrecked him! Damn near killed him! Uh, you should, uh, you should apologize. Him. You should apologize to Jake's uh, grandfather for that one. He's never gonna listen again. I know that. Grandma listens, but does, does Grandpa <laughs> also tune in? Grandpa's a big uh, Bobcats fan. Oh, okay, shout yeah. out Gramps! Shout yeah. out Gramps and the Bobcats. He uh, he's actually from Brooklyn, so he might get excited about that. Uh, that USL League One team, New York City. Yeah, <laughs> they, I think they have. Yeah, they, there's also Queensboro, right? That's a U, uh, USL two. Um, the David Via project, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. But like, it's it's. I mean, there's a couple representations in the city, like like in yeah. uh, that's pretty that's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, there's lots. I mean, I think I texted you guys that thread. Like, there's uh. A, think four or five new usl championship teams in the next three four years and an additional like three or four usl league one teams um and there's lots of cool stuff popping up the league's really growing i think it's it's fun to fun to watch even as you see you know san diego loyal bow out and um i I know north carolina fc is coming back to the uslc but um i think that the the you see uh the direction they're going as far as expansion and um, hoping that we bring one to Grand Rapids here soon. They just announced uh, the stadium funding for that. So 
Um, if we're able to attract a USL, you know, championship or even a USL one team, I think it'd be fun. But they're building a very gorgeous soccer specific stadium in downtown Grand Rapids, and that city is um, yeah, I s- definitely infrastructure support. So yeah, the renderings look beautiful right on the Grand River there in Grand Rapids. And to me, it'd be like, what better time to start a NISA club in Grand Rapids? Because they don't have the stadium yet. So why not build support right now? You know, did you see the movement for the Portland USL team coming in? Uh, USL to Portland. It was like, it started as a PDX. What's that? Was that PDX? No, they're getting a, they're getting a league one team. In Portland, Maine? Portland, Maine. Yeah. 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 Anywho, USL. One could go uh, deep into the rabbit hole of U.S. soccer and keep talking about USL, but hey, you know, uh, no, just one, one more real quick. You and I okay. might have seen uh, tomorrow the game I, I am playing to watch USL C championship championship mm-hmm. game. Uh, Mike and I were, I think, uh, we uh, well, we rambled for forty five minutes while in Charleston, but we saw a better game earlier this season. <laughs> uh, so we might we might have said we could see the champions. Um, but what a, what a turnaround going from 12th in the East last year to uh, um, representing the East in the championship game. It's pretty wild. What a turnaround. Yeah, I mean, you were pretty damn sick. We had plans to do more podcasts for that trip, but you ended mm. up getting pretty damn sick. Strep throat and then a bacterial infection, I believe. It was something along those lines, yeah. Like, it was, it was bad. I was, like, I was on a lot of stuff for like a week and a half after that i lost i lost legitimately uh 18 pounds in like 12 days like i did get uh, sick like two weeks after that but i don't think i actually got sick from you i think it was sick from the chillins but nobody cares so let's uh let's move on here (laughs) yep what do you want to talk about first I mean, I, state, state, state of the Union. Of your, let's of your do teams. Europe. Let's do Europe for you guys. I want to hear about your uh, European games and how you're doing in the competitions in general. I think he's just avoiding the Spurs conversation right now. I am for a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> um, all right, I'll go first. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, great win for Brighton, beating Ajax for the second time in a row. Another 2-0 win um, for the second time in a row. Um, <clears throat> surprise! Like somewhat of a uh, a closer match in terms of stats. Like I don't think they, uh, yeah, they had more possession than us, fifty four to forty six. Um, same amount of shots. We had one more big chance than them, and they actually had more passes than us. So it was kind of a different style of play. I still think Brighton looked uh, like the better team in this. Ansu Fati. And uh, Simon Adingra teamed up for both goals and both assists. Um, Fati's tremendous, man. I there, there's got to be some sort of way to keep him. Uh, I know there's not, but I'm praying. Um, Pedro, uh, he had a pretty good game in my opinion. Uh, Fat Mob didn't rate him highly, but he's he's getting into sort of where he needs to be at all times. I, I really like him being on the field. Um, Speaking of him, he got called up to the Brazilian national team, so I'm sure he's listening right now. So congrats, Pedro. Uh, really happy for you. He was uh, doing a little humble brag about being added to a group chat with Vinicius and Neymar. So uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, more, uh, I had posted on Twitter sort of a uh, Brighton one, but at what cost? I believe there was three uh, major injuries 
Um, Milner went out, Dunk went out, and I think somebody else got hurt. Oh, Estupion in his first game back came on for 12 minutes. He was on the field for uh, non-contact injury, went down, told the trainer he was done and got off the field. So hopefully with him not trying to play through it, maybe we can get him back sooner because God knows we need him. Milner at left back, he lasted eight minutes in the game. Uh, immediately had to come out. Billy Gilmore came on, and they had to shift Gross back to left back. That's going to continue to be a uh, an issue for us until Estupion's completely healthy, or we get the guy that um, I guess we will probably cover that later. Unless you guys want to do it now. The question Jimmy was asking about uh, target top targets for this transfer window or top wish list or whatever. Yeah, edit in here. Oh, okay. Um, so that uh, that's included in this. Obviously, my uh, my main target has been the the guy I've wanted since the summer window or, or ended. Oh God, I can't even talk. Uh, Valentin Barco, uh, he plays left back and left mid for Boca Juniors. Uh, like Canelo looking kid, ginger, uh, super talented, super fast, springy. Uh, really, really want that kid. And from what I understand, he's, he's leaning more towards Brighton than he is Manchester city. Um, as someone who's, who's 19, 20 years old coming to Brighton just seems like a way better option than going to city and not getting the playing time that you need. You're going to be under a manager that wants you to be good and plays a good system for, for a guy like him. You've seen how Kukarea was able to get a big money move. Estupion, if he gets healthy, will eventually have a big money move. And then Barco, I think, thinks the same thing. So, um, like I said, Milner ain't it. Um, Lamptey did a good job of left back, but he should be an emergency left back. I want him to become the everyday right back. Uh, Deserby's kind of turned us into a uh, sort of like a three-man back. It was Dunk, Van Hecke, and Veltman. Van Hecke is another guy who deserves a call-up for the Dutch team. That dude has been fantastic after that ridiculous red card uh, in the Chelsea preseason match. Um, But yeah, like I said, uh, Milner ain't the answer. Uh, I hope he's okay, but I don't want him playing in wide areas ever again. It's just, it doesn't look good. And he's obviously getting older and I don't think he has the fitness to play those wide roles anymore. Um, And then real quick, 35, 37, 37. Oh, yeah. that is ancient in Premier League uh, <laughs> ages. And then uh, real quick, I won't I won't go in depth on this one, but the match at Everton was more of the same. Uh, 80% possession of the ball, 778 passes compared to 129, and we still drew. And we had to get it off a freak goal, own goal, um, off of, uh, I believe, Ashley Young. But uh, – more of the same. Deserby's got to figure it out because it's it's just getting annoying at this point. Um, the goals against the run of play, getting killed on counterattacks, he has to figure it out. It's a weird thing to watch your team hold the ball for most of the game and still not be able to pick apart the defense and, and score. It's like a it's a strange phenomenon. I don't it's, think I like it. It's a finishing issue, which is weird because I, I would have thought Ferguson would have alleviated that problem with his accelerated uh talent but um he just something hasn't clicked or deserve he hasn't trusted him or something he played uh 
I believe he only played a few minutes in the Ajax game. He came in and didn't really do anything, did a lot of running, um, played about 25 minutes in that game and, and didn't really do anything. But uh, speaking of him, he just signed a new deal until 2029, I believe. Um, so $100 million deal to Spurs incoming this summer, I think. So get ready for that. So you guys right now are sitting in second in Group B in Europa League. You have to be feeling pretty good about that. You have Marseille at eight points, top of the group, and then AEK Athens, four, IX at two. So you have to be feeling pretty good, like you're going to make it into the knockout rounds here. Yeah, I am. Uh, I think they're going to uh, correct the mistake um, against uh, against Athens. That was just a dumb game, the initial game, and then Marseille. I think uh, I think we'll win that one as well. Yes, Jimmy. Any any thoughts? Do you want to get into some devil oh, yeah. like antagonizing right now? Oh, why would I? I mean, I'm the devil. I, I, no, I'm I'm the villain. Um, no, no, I, I don't have any antagonizing. Like I, I think that's, um, it's all pretty pretty accurate. Like I, I definitely don't think you guys are going to lose to Athens again. Um. Marseille could be tough. You guys play them away or um, play them at home? Home. I think we have Athens away, and then the the last game is going to be at home. Oh, okay, so you don't even have to go worry about going to the velodrome again. Like that's that's way more intense than having it at home. So I think yeah, you're you guys are in good shape. Yeah, you have a pretty easy November actually. Remaining November, you play Sheffield tomorrow or uh, Sunday at nine a.m. Yeah, and you got Nottingham Forest. Next week, uh, the weekend after that at Nottingham Forest, which I did read a stat that they've only lost or they only haven't picked up points in two of their last 25 games at home or something crazy like that. So they are a little bit tougher at home than people realize. And then you have Athens away. And then December, you have Chelsea, but then another little easier stretch until you have Arsenal like right before the festive fixtures. So. I expect you guys in the league to kind of rise up and, you know, keep your form in Europe all of a sudden. Uh, yeah. I sure hope so. The uh, I was looking at the schedule as you were talking about it, and there's another international break coming up, and it's just it's just so irritating at this it point. It is. It is. Yeah, it's like a two-week or two, isn't it? Week yeah. And a half. Two weeks. U.S. plays Trinidad and Tobago. That doesn't uh, – Tickle your giblets there, Jake. Oh, I was super excited. <laughs> so we can, but Jesus Ferreira can come in and score a hat trick, and everyone can talk about how he deserves to be there. I don't think Jesus got called in. I don't, I don't believe. Oh, that's that surprising. On. All right, Jimbo, what'd you guys All do right. in Europe in the Conference League? Yeah, uh, I mean the final scoreline shows a two-one win. Um, kind of belies. Uh, and I, I'll, I'll just get right to it. I, the first the the first goal they scored was great. You know, we play a high line defensively. Um, they were getting closer and closer on timing those uh, those balls over the top. You know, uh, timing those runs, trying to exploit that space. Um, and they caught us on one, buried it. They went up one nothing. Um, and they had some other opportunities that VAR had called off before that. Um, but then about nine minutes later, uh, we had a corner kick, which wasn't a corner. They, a, like a ball, I think Dina played it, what ball into Kamara, 
who just popped one straight over the crossbar. But like there was a guy trying to tackle in the area at the time. And it was such like an awkward miss that they assumed that there's no way he missed that badly. So they gave him a corner and then off the corner, Diego Carlos heads it in. Um, they score a goal. Uh, so, I mean, really Villa shouldn't have had that tying goal right there, honestly. And that's like a weird one. You talk about all the other stuff we can look back on and fix with or quote unquote fix with VAR. But that one's like of all the clear and obvious shit that happened in the last seven days in football, like that one seemed like most cut and dry one. So um, didn't feel great about that. But, you know, uh, we brought in uh, a little bit later on. Um, the big uh, addition was bringing on Dougie Louise. Um, he gets the ball just outside the 18, um, plays in a perfect ball to a, a streaking Ollie Watkins buries the header uh two one win for us so end of the day you know that puts us three wins from four games uh we're tied for first place with uh legia who is the team we lost to in week one i think that we can correct that um we also have um uh zarinsky mostar uh, still to play but that's in bosnia so it could be you know a long travel plus in, in intense environment so you know, you um, used to, I, when we talked about them earlier in the season, you didn't want to say their name. So now you've learned how to pronounce that. Zrinsky. Oh, you, yeah, you watch it. You're, you're like, when you watch the game and you hear uh, the announcers talk so eloquently about it, like, just kind of like time it out after a little right, bit. So. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. But, Did uh, yeah. Ollie, Ollie got called up to, for England, right? He did. Yeah. I think yeah. it was like the first time in a couple of years. Um, well deserved. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's playing well. He's in pretty good form. Um, I, I will say, just touching back on the weekend quickly, you know, uh, a, a very deserved loss to Nottingham. Uh, they got the goal super early, um, kind of put Villa on their heels. Uh, we dominated possession, um, but just weren't sharp. Uh, Ali, uh, we were just talking about him, had an opportunity for a glancing header maybe, I think it was like 15 or 16 minutes into the game. Um, that would have tied things back up and probably put us in a different spot. But, um, you know, we kind of, uh, you know, played our, our normal pace. We we're never never in a hurry to do anything, but we weren't making any of the incisive passes. We weren't getting any of the one-on-one play. Uh, I think Zaniolo had an opportunity, kind of t- took the ball a little bit wide, drove it back between the defender's legs, and it was end up being pretty easy for the goalie. But that should have been a good goal-scoring opportunity, um, you know, uh, th- those those sort of things like we just we weren't sharp all day it was a deserved win they got the goal at the start of the second half um, and after that you know it was kind of over the writing was on the wall so uh, hats off to uh, Nottingham Forest I think the biggest thing for us is um, at what point are we going to continue to start Zaniolo because he plays basically about 45 minutes Leon Bailey plays about 45 minutes um, all the time now Um so that's a big one. And then um, also figuring out how to play games away from Villa Park. You know, we have like a, what, a 14 game or 13 game win streak at Villa Park right now. But uh, on the road, we just haven't looked good and you got to win games all over in the Premier League. So um, I'll, I'll be interested to see if he's had a pretty set, consistent lineup. If he tw- starts to even just move a piece here or there. 
in that Premier I mean, League. The fixture line. list gets super congested for both you and Jake's squad coming up in the the festive period because you have Europe and Premier League starts ramping up. I see mid midweek games on the schedule all of a sudden. Oh yeah, so, like we have we have a real test coming up, and that's kind of what I was talking about the other week. Was you know Nottingham should have been one. I thought we'd at least get you know a point from. Um, where we should we should at this point be getting at least a point from those, and then we also have uh, was it Fulham this weekend? Um, yeah, Fulham Sunday. Yeah, and I, I, you know, if we're Tottenham, serious, I, uh, I would expect at minimum one point. We should have all three, but then we have coming in after that. We have Spurs coming up. We have Arsenal coming up. We have City coming up. Like um, those are the games that like are going to be hard pressed, and we're. You know, like I like said, I'd I'd rather take a a trophy at the end of the day than worrying about fighting for top four. But you know, if we're going to continue to grow, we got to be showing some fight and winning the points that we're quote unquote supposed to be winning. So uh, it'll be see, interesting to see how they respond. I thought they played a pretty good second half. Um, you know, against uh, uh, Azed, but. Largely, they didn't look that impressive. And coming off of that game where they got pretty, they they got dog walked by Nottingham Forest. You know how are we going to look on on Friday going into an international break or on Saturday? I'm sorry, Sunday going into an international break. Um, they got to respond, I think. So we'll see. Fulham Fulham's a bunch of fucking criminals. So good luck with that. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I mean Tim Ream is uh, still anchoring the back line, so I would expect oh. him to be relegated this year. Ed, this is the only game I'd be disappointed if Tim Ream didn't start. Like I need him, need him there for for, <laughs> for Villa goals. Speaking speaking of Americans, the big question is: Do you think you would have gotten the win against Forest if Turner had started? Ooh. Oh, 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. He's right. That's Hey, the, there's there's nothing like tastier in this world if you are trying to play against a team where you look back and they're like, ah, there's center back Tim Ream followed by Matt Turner. It just screams like, pump me full of goals, please. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping uh, Slonina gets a start for for USMNT in this upcoming window. But yeah, Matt Turner on the bench. That was. I'm a little sad for Matty. Uh, Matty clean sheets. I'm I'm I'm, I'm a fan. I like it's him. A, like it's the same thing I feel one. about. It's the same thing I feel about Reem. Like Reem, it seems like a really, really good dude, and I like probably going to be a very good coach. But like having him on the field is is terrible and and unnecessary. Like Matt Turner seems like a very, very good dude. Like I'm not taking away from him. He just sucks at his job. So does um, he suck though? He he, he sucks, not- man. He, he was twenty eight. He was he was in MLS till he was like twenty eight, twenty nine, right? And then like was a backup, like like and clearly had no shit. Like couldn't be at Ramsdale. David Raya comes in on loan and fucking takes that dude's job after starting like one of the best Premier League seasons in like forever. Like Matt Turner couldn't even sniff fucking Ramsdale's jockstrap last season, and now he gets beat out after what ten games at, at Nottingham Forest. Right. Where jockstraps, Jimmy? By by Vlachidimos, <laughs> he is terrible. Terrible. Well, yeah, kind of we have a keeper problem all of a sudden. Raya kind of sucks too. Does he? It's like he's one of like the worst passers I've seen. They got him for like ball handling, I think, and he's looked like shit. 
goalies in general always, you know, they make you a little nervous back there. Yeah, how's mm-hmm. Emmy? Like, is Emmy completely good on the ball? I mean, he 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 is, but like, he's an asshole. So like, he's always doing something stupid. Yeah. Like, he is an oh, asshole. He his, <laughs> he's he's great. A, he. You know what? Like one of my favorite like British expressions that like I, I've enjoyed over the years is uh, he's a uh, master of the dark arts. Mm. Um, you know that's uh it's like one of my favorite ones. Yeah, he's one of those dudes that when he's on your team, you're like, yeah, that's my fucking guy. And as soon as he's on the other team, you're like, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. Diego Simeone vibes. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. All right, I guess it's time for me to talk about Spurs. Yes, yeah, for this. You guys watch that game? Yes. Uh-huh. Game was like it was the weirdest game of uh, soccer that I've ever seen in my life. It was so fucking entertaining the entire time. You know, chaos. It was it was chaos. It was pure chaos. There was like no possession at all. It was like no Premier League game I've ever seen in my life. It was. Go, Jake. It was the. The, the soccer match version of that meme where it's like two idiots having the worst fight I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys are down to nine men and like Jackson is like the worst. Ha- is that the worst hat, hat trick of all time? The worst hat trick of all time. Has to be up there. Has to be the up there. Worst. Watching that high line was so, I was like, I was like giving me adrenaline just watching all these offside calls on Chelsea over and over and over again. <laughs> like they didn't score into the 75th minute. That was a long, that was a long time where they were playing with nine men and, and doing it very well. So, but obviously, you know, you go, Jimmy. I know. I was my my comment was the it wasn't that part wasn't the the crazy part of me. That wasn't the adrenaline part of me. The adrenaline part was. After Tottenham was up one nothing, and then almost went up two nothing, uh, sunny offsides. Correct. And yep. and there was like there was like a fifteen minute period that like ramped up to the Odogi yellow card, mm-hmm. and then Which eventually ramped up, then ramped up to the whole like they had to go back and look at Romero kicking out David Beckham style at, at um I can't remember if it was Reese James or who, and then. <laughs> And then five minutes after that was the Caicedo goal, not a goal offsides, but got wrecked right. red card. Like yeah. that's one play, ladies and gentlemen. Um, like that part, like that whole, that whole period was like all leading up to that was dudes just like fucking dropping like panties at deja vu, dude. It was just like every time someone got touched, drop, scream, oh, every time the ball came in, drop, scream, oh, and just kept ramping up, and Michael Oliver did nothing to stop it. He didn't, didn't like, bring the like, captains in and be like, chill out. Like, it just, like, it devolved quickly into chaos. If Caicedo didn't score that goal, do you think Romero would have been out of that game? Would they have looked mm-hmm. at that on VAR? I uh, no, because he didn't score, right? Why would why would they go back? The to only it? reason that Romero got the red card is because Caicedo scored, and they checked it in on VAR, and then they noticed the, mm-hmm. the tackle. Which, to be fair, you know, he got the ball first, but it was a very aggressive challenge, and then studs up on a shin. It was a red card, you know. Like as I'm a few days out from it, I very much realized it was a red card. At the time, I was emotional. I was, yeah, he kicked the ball first, but. He's an idiot. Oh. Christian Romero costs games sometimes. He's one of the best defenders in the Premier League, but he is an idiot. He's a hothead, man. Yeah. 
and, and Tottenham dominated, you know, with that second, with that, with that sunny goal, they absolutely were running rickshaw all, all over Chelsea. It looked like at that point it was going to be five nil Tottenham Hotspur, zero goals, Chelsea. So, so in the end, you know, they lost four, one awful lost Mickey Van de Ven to injury, lost Madison to injury. Uh, they lost Romero next game out for a red card, Udogi red card. So all of a sudden this, the squad's looking very, very thin. Did Romero Man, get one or three? Up. What's that? Did Romero get one or three? Cause a straight red card is supposed to be three. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I so. heard, I heard something that it might be even more like, I, I don't know. I can't remember where I heard that from, but it might be more, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it'd be three. I like I would be like I I agree it should have been red card, but like if I was Tottenham I'd be appealing the three game ban like uh, like appeal it down to one like right hey, that, that ended up being a straight red that cost X Y Z like he like he yes he's out of control but he, like yeah it wasn't like he fucking yeah okay that's what I'm saying it was a red card but not a three game red card offense it, it was it was it was really like a like a orange red uh so uh yeah but obviously disappointing because now you see you know the, the lineup's so depleted i think against wolves tomorrow which this podcast will already be out i think they're gonna run what tyndall said which is a back line of dyer davies and then emerson or pedro on the right like yeah, all of a sudden you're talking dark days of Conti and Mourinho very quickly in that back line. So I wouldn't be surprised if they lose at Molyneux tomorrow. And then then you're talking like a resetting of expectations where Champions League is probably a, a fine place for the Tottenham Hotspur to end. And could we has now turned into we cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I don't know, man. I'm in there to quit, huh? It's not it's, quit. I mean, I'm gonna be up for the game tomorrow. I hope they win. And I think the squad <laughs> is very behind Ainge. But you after all the injuries and the cards, you do start to see that the depth of the squad is lacking. You know, it's not the the caliber of of city, I guess if you're, if you're comparing your squad to make a title charge, you have to do it against fucking city. Who's the machine, the white walkers. Like, I don't know what you want, want my expectations to be. Jimmy. What was saying to, to dare us to do. Well, you still got lots of a good attacking talent. Like that's the thing. Like, yeah, yeah our front line's fine. And we got, uh, you know, Brennan Johnson's look, fantastic i'm very mm-hmm. happy to see him there instead of richarlson sonny's a revelation up top i would say not missing harry at all madison's out richarlson's out madison hurts a lot mm-hmm. now we have to see geo lacelso step up you know he went to had a had a stint at tottenham and i always liked him when he was on when he was on the field i always thought he did a lot of positives then he went to uh what was it via real mm-hmm. in the spanish league Emer- yeah, and then yeah, played very well for them. So now it's his opportunity to step up. He's really he really has to do so on that that distributing attacking midfield role. And if he is able to do that, and, and also to you have Brian Hill that is gonna you know bring some of that creative playmaking, and he'll see some minutes with uh, with Madison out as well. So 
could happen. I don't know. Take it one game at a time. I think I would like love to. I think we should still beat Wolves, even though it's at Malinu. Uh, but yeah, I'll start with three points, and then we'll talk next week. The um, caught up side was talking about Dortmund uh, recently about their uh, their chairman making some sort of statement about like how they they everything they do has to like fit their morals or whatever. But he made a comment like you know to talking about like how they lost on the last day of the season and didn't get the title. And they're you know like he's like, well, losing is part of our history. It makes us who we are, kind of thing. And it's like, man, like, what if 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 someone from Spurs said that, like, you guys would just get memed to death? Yeah, I didn't even hear that he said that. Yeah. If someone from Spurs said that, that would be the top news story for sure. Oh yeah, if somebody, yeah, if somebody from Spurs, someone from Dortmund like, actually said that, though, that's a that's a crazy quote. Yeah, their chairman, he was like, you know, it's it's part of our history, like it's who we are or whatever. Yeah. We're a bunch of fucking losers. Yeah. Second the place, DNA is baby. coded for it. Yeah. <laughs> Dead classicer. Belongs to Harry Kane. Dude's dude's amazing. Like he just, is crushing the Bundesliga, which is fun to see. That was the perfect team for him. Like if if I could think of anywhere that he would go, like Real Madrid and stuff like like I don't think of him on Real Madrid. I don't think of him anywhere yeah. else. Bayern was the perfect spot for him. Yeah, most money they've ever spent on a player seems to. I, I think they'll eventually win Bundesliga. Although Bayer Leverkusen, who's in your competition, which is definitely probably the favorite in Europa League. Javi, right yeah, Javi Alonso and them boys, they look real good. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Javi Alonso, he played a, a position for a very long time, very well. You guys. Uh, he appear uh, on any of your guys' list this week? No. Are we two lists, or should we give Jake a little uh, Brighton in the Prem spotlight still? Or you oh, say no, I, I covered it, by yeah. the way. Yeah. <laughs> you always have a fresh kid on, which makes me want to post videos of the podcast sometimes, although I always have this light above my head. There we go. If, if, that. if we ever got a massive fan base, I would say we would stream these. I think that's part of how you get a fan base is you should stream. Yeah. Do like a eventually do like a Patreon thing, like two bucks a month, and you can right. uh, you can come like, watch us. We got like fourteen downloads or something like that. Like, <laughs> probably, yeah. probably just chill out. Like tw- it's hey like, grandma, yeah, twenty five, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe she'll subscribe to our OnlyFans. <laughs> so, uh, anywho, top five time, indeed, yeah. All right, who wants to uh, – so we're going to do central midfielders. So count, uh, center attacking mids, center mids, center defensive mids, tens, eights, sixes. Who wants, uh, who wants to go first? Going let's, like, uh, Mike, let's, make, let's do Mike go first, yeah. Second, yeah. Yeah, all right. I think I got the hang of it now. My uh, second OLI is very controversial here, but it's one that means a lot to me. Uh, it's a bald-headed motherfucker named Michael Bradley. Boo. Yeah, yeah. I started watching U.S. Boo. soccer. Oh, I started watching God. U.S. soccer first. And I, Mike, is, Mike is no longer allowed to go first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, that Azteca goal, I was pretty new into soccer at that point. That was a sick 
tickle from about half field. Very important point on the road at Azteca, which I believe was the first point we ever got in World Cup qualifying. And the guy had a legit European career, you know, AS Roma. And then when it was time for him to go on the U.S. men's national team, it was really time for him to go. He was slow and awful, and I hated him for a while there. But when I first started watching the game, Michael Bradley, I was into it. So that's my reasoning. He ran He ran out of Europe too early to kind of – be a big fish in a small pond in MLS, but they did the MLS did that weird thing after that world cup where they did bring in a lot of our national team stars to try to like bring up the league, but it did like dim the quality of our national team in general. Yeah. Michael saw Clint move and Michael stand for the anthem, kneel for the cross, Bradley stand for the anthem, kneel for the cross. <laughs> sure. <laughs> You want to do, no, do your, no, no, do your second one. Oh, I go straight for OLI, OLI. All right, I got Tyler Adams. I got another USMNT guy in there. I thought he played so fantastic for the uh, men's national team in the World Cup. Young captain. I love watching him in the Prem. I'm sad that he got injured for Burnmouth. I'll be excited to see if he's able to bring them anything at all when he comes back and if he stays on the field. And Jimmy is so disgusted with my first two OLIs. <laughs> He's just he wants <laughs> to just stop. So let's hear yours. All right. <laughs> All right. Everything after that just feels <laughs> wrong. Um. <laughs> I like right. my top five. I did. I did whittle it down to what I think is respectable. I can. I can five. only like. I'm only just trying to imagine like what the rest of your top five is. But anywho. Um, my my first OLI, uh, Clarence Seedorf, Seedorf's rocket. I, I, like, I don't even know who the fuck that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Just look up look up Seedorf's rocket on YouTube and watch that video. Uh, Sounds like a dog boner. <laughs> it is. This is like one of those things where your friend sends you to meat spin. Yeah, you son of a bitch. Yeah. All right. Um. <laughs> oh man. Oh, podcasting after dark. Everyone's a little punchy. All right. The uh, OLI number two is uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, one of the like one of the best center mids uh, of our time. Honestly, he's absolutely fantastic. Um, the a centerpiece at, at a lot of what Man City's success has been. Their dominance. Uh, he is, uh, <clears throat> oh, what's it? Uh, we use the White Walkers. He is the uh, Night King. He is the Night King. Yes. Uh, I, I would say even more so than Erling Haaland. Like he's been the Night King for forever. Erling Haaland is the dragon, right? Mm-hmm. Like when yeah. they get the dragon. Like uh, but De Bruyne is the Night King for sure. So uh, he's fantastic. So he's my other OLI. Yeah, both both good shouts. Um, so my first OLI is uh, Daniel Parejo, uh, former Valencia captain, unceremoniously sent adrift to go win a trophy under Unai Emery at Villarreal. Um, not the not the fastest, not the biggest, not the most talented, but right place, right time. Really good passer. I absolutely love that guy. Lethal penalty taker. 
very good free kick taker, fantastic player. I, I miss him on Valencia. And then my second OLI is one of my all-time favorite players. I couldn't put him in the top five, though, as far as like talent-wise or whatever. One of my all-time favorite players still watches YouTube videos to this day. The Italian pit bull, uh, Genaro Gattuso, just a mean, very, very handsome man. And probably these days more famous for the sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Uh, that's him yeah that's a, that's a great one I, I use it I, I use that i didn't even know it was him I, the way i wanted him good, i wanted him to be successful so bad as a coach yeah. at valencia like i wanted him to uh, be successful like, this didn't work he's at marseille right like you, you guys play yeah. him he's, yeah. he's at marseille still looking as good as ever the face he makes at ronaldo in one of those highlight videos he was just fucking mean man like the the italian thing where he uses hands and he's yelling yeah. at people and then that that screamer of a curved goal that he scored where he comes out and he taps his chest like a heartbeat, the Milan patch, dude was incredible. World Cup winner, love him. For sure. Good show. God, now I'm nervous. Jimmy's got me, got me nervous. <laughs> I, I, am, I am all ears. If he what says could number Weston, five be? If he yeah, says if, Weston McKinney, we're shutting it down. All right, number five, Tangi Ndombele. All right, just testing you. I'm just testing you. No, absolutely not. I've got uh, I've got your boy though, Jake. I got Eves Basuma on there. All right, it's a now pick. I love the way he's playing right now. He is dominant in the midfield, and he did not look that way last year. That when, when we bought him initially, I was like, this guy's very average. Like I'd rather see a skip Hoybier center defensive mid pairing. But as the season has gone on, I think he's arguably the most important player for Tottenham Hotspur in this. Hot start. Uh, quick on the ball. Dominant in possession. Forward passes are always incisive. And I just I love the way he plays. So that's my five. Number five. I miss him. Good player. Love him. All right. Number five for me. Uh, probably just as important um, to uh, the Invincibles. As Thierry Henry, it's uh, Patrick Vieira, um, commanding player, uh, like a game changer when he was on the field. Like you, you felt his presence. Like he dictated games, um, like a deeper line midfielder, but like could absolutely step through a fucking shot. Um, you know, won every every air ball. Um, ruthless uh, uh, center defensive mid. Um, the old, like he was when, when, when Arsenal felt, <laughs> when Arsenal fell off, it was when they lost like a player like him that had like a backbone, like they became just finesse. He was, he was the steel on that team. Um, so yeah, he, he, fantastic. He came player. up in the, uh, Zlatan book that I just read too. I think he, he ended up at AC Milan with Zlatan and Zlatan was a big Vieira fan. Mm-hmm. They came on and won a Scudetto together. Oh, nice. he, uh, he managed Palace, he's ass. <laughs> True. Sure. <laughs> All right. So for mine, I cheated. It's my list. Uh, I have three at number five because they're all interlocked. Javi Busquets and Iesta is my number five. Uh, probably the greatest midfield trio of all time. World Cup winners, La Liga winners, 
or no, hang on, excuse me, World Cup winners, the greatest, probably the greatest club team of all time, 2009. This I feel, I feel dirty saying this word, the sextuple. La Liga, Copa del Rey, Supercopa de España, Champions League, UEFA Super Cup, Club World Cup. Just a ridiculous team. And one of the main reasons, obviously Messi is the greatest of all time, but one of the main reasons he was allowed to be Messi is because he had that midfield trio and they were fucking ridiculous. That's a nice shout right there, but Club World Cup is a big, big tournament. So you mentioned that last and stuck hey, in my man. Head. You got it. Sometimes it's it's hard to win away at Monterey. You know, it's gonna be a better tournament. I think they're starting to to prop it up a little bit. Jimmy's doing a jerk off motion on his screen. <laughs> I think the Sounders have not, a real chance not, against Real not, Madrid, not, though. Not in, a, not in a sexy way. That was a uh, fucking wanker. Dismissive. Yeah. I a wanker. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, let's go number four. I'm going to go uh, Tottenham's Moussa Dembele. When I first started watching Tottenham, he stuck out on the field for just how fucking smooth he was, how good he was at dribbling the ball in traffic and his distribution in that 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 role. I was very sad to see him moved on in January of the year that I started watching, but he was part of the reason why I fell in love with, with Tottenham Hotspur that first year. So he's on my, he's number four on my list. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll follow up number four with a former uh, Tottenham Hotspur talent, um, but arguably uh, just as important to the last decade of um, club and world football as, as anybody. Uh, number four for me, the guy who broke – Ronaldo and Messi's streak of Ballon d'Ors. Uh, it is Luka Modric. Um, he's like as good as he was at Tottenham. He is still unbelievable at Real Madrid. Yes, he doesn't start um, nearly as much anymore, but he's still playing at what 37, 38 for Real Madrid. Like he is pure class personified. He carried um, Croatia to a World Cup final, which they lost to France in 2018. Um, like put him on his back. He just an unbelievable performance, and he's been doing that for Real Madrid for over a decade. Just as just as uh, big of the success that Ronaldo and uh, um, oh, I can't think of the French guy's name right now. Um, Zidane? No, not Zidane. Uh, old Zidane's the coach, right? Uh, the striker. I'm straight oh, up. Benzema. Benzema. Benzema, thank you. Yeah, so Ronaldo and Benzema and Sergio Ramos, like all of the success, all those uh, titles they won, Champions Leagues they won, uh, Modric was just as uh, big a part of that as any of them, uh, pure class. So it is four. crazy still on Madrid too. Like all those guys that he played with for years yeah. and years and years have been long gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my number four – is Mesut Ozil, um, World Cup winner with Germany, kind of burnt out towards the end of his career or whatever. I guess he might not have been that interested, but he kept Gunnar Soros uh, employed at one point. Um, dude's just the assist king. You, you like just another guy, look him up on YouTube. Uh, some of the passes he was making, especially while at Madrid, just insane. Um, yeah. 
Ozil has one of the craziest YouTube highlights that I've yeah. that I've watched. I I like watching him, even though he's an Arsenal guy. As a like a um, a number ten, like just that that playmaker role, he was he was fucking amazing. I I really really like watching his his highlights. It's interesting putting this list together and realizing that the modern day number ten is definitely uh, less of a thing than it used to be. Yeah. There's a lot fewer guys that like stand out in that space anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So actually three, I've got Modric as well. Um, unfortunately I missed him at Tottenham, but I did come into uh, the Modric world in uh, through Croatia, through the world cup, and then also through Real Madrid in his later days. And he's just a little tiny pipsqueak freak of nature. Just one of the best players I've ever seen live. And my wife, Loves him more than anything in the world. That's her favorite player. So number three on my list. Very cool. His his story's nuts too. Like everything, like from his grandpa getting killed in the mountains by rebels and shit. He's a refugee, right? Yeah. Is there a Modric book out there? I'd like to read that. They like put land, like his family escaped from his house, I think, and they like put landmines. The rebels put landmines around the house so they can never return. Can you imagine that? That's insane. never returning to your house. It's it is crazy. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's a that's a place to go. All right, number three for me. <laughs> number three for me. Uh, he was mentioned earlier, but uh, deserves to be on his own line. It is uh, Andres Iniesta. Um, obviously, a huge part of uh, what Barcelona was for a very long time, as well as all the success they had with the Spanish national team. Um, it is hard to separate uh, Iniesta and Xavi specifically. Um, no disrespect to Busquets, but he was like the baby while they were in full masterclass. Um, I, I think that the differentiator is, uh, spoiler when you get to it with Xavi, um, like the the absolute numbers that Xavi put up, as well as uh, you wouldn't have guessed that Xavi was the more offensive one, but Xavi was by far our, the most important. It was one A one B, but uh, Iniesta is still fantastic, um, unbelievable for his size. Uh, I, I think that uh, there was. Um, they were talking about him maybe going to MLS for a minute after he left uh, um, Japan, but I don't think that it's going to pan out. But anyway, trailed off there. Iniesta, number three. All right. So my number three is uh, Andrea Pirlo. Um, probably one of the most handsome footballers of all time. Uh, guy was just incredible. The, the, the Regista. Um, Champions League, World Cup. Uh, they said he was done after his time in Milan, and he just completely revitalized himself at uh, Juventus. Um, just a fantastic deep-lying playmaker and very, very fun to watch. No MLS Cup, though, with N- NYCFC, yes? Oh, yeah, he did go to MLS, <laughs> huh? He did. There, actually, I saw on Twitter a picture of him staring at mixed Discaroo with a uh, disgust in his face, and I brought me joy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, NYCFC is the Qatari team, right? The City Football Group. Team. It is yeah. the City Football not, Group. Not, not Qatari. They're uh, Abu Dhabi. 
Oh, Abadar, okay. Mm. So, number two, I've got uh, Christian Erickson. He was a master of ball distribution and attacking fashion when the Spurs were, you know, marching through those knockout rounds. Um, it's a man that I've seen die and resurrect. So I, you know, I liken him to Jesus in a way. So he's just personal, near and dear to my heart. So Christian Erickson, number two. That was, that was horrifying. And, and <laughs> fuck the, fuck the producers and the, the cameramen for keeping the camera on him during that. That was just gross. Awful. I can't uh, believe he's still out there playing. Yeah. It, yeah, my heart like I, it affected me for like two days. I, I believe after I after I watched that, should have stayed at Brentford. Yeah, that was that was cool that he did play at uh, Brentford for half a season there, and he, he you know he started out at United playing pretty well, but I think his time is time is probably up. Time to come to MLS. Jimmy, agreed. <laughs> um. Number two for me, and this one was hard, but uh, um, it's more on the list. Uh, number two for me is uh, Zinedine Zidane. Uh, unbelievable player at Real Madrid. Scored arguably the best. Oh, I mean, if you're making a list of the top five Champions League goals of all time, his goal against Leverkusen certainly is somewhere on that list. Um, obviously, winning a World Cup with France in 98. Um, and like, what a, like a fucking legend, like Roy Kent esque, like finishing his career on a red card headbutt in the world cup final. Um, God, I mean like what a fucking G. Yeah. I've been watching the, uh, Beckham documentary and he's got a, you know, he's got a pretty good cameo in it as far as playing is concerned. He's mm-hmm. got just the biggest bald spot in the world. Yeah. And doing the world, most world-class thing as yeah. a balding man. Is just- oh, my gosh. <laughs> he rocks that monk spot, dude. He fucking... He does. He's like wispy uh, around the whole... T- the whole crown is wispy. The thing is, the thing is, is he, he looks... He, little, he legitimately looks like 15 years younger now. Yeah. Like, he's a, he's a handsome fucking man now. But, like, back then, you're like... Oh God! Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. shave it. <laughs> what shave are you doing? Up. Yeah, young, dumb, full of cum. So, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, that's all I had. Yeah. Um. So my number two, I'm pretty sure our ones and twos are reversed, Jimmy. Um. My number two, oh, yes. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer once said, "Paul Scholes is not the quickest. He doesn't run the most. He never wins a header." He can't tackle, but he's our best player. Um, Skulls is a guy that I've learned more about as I've gotten older. Obviously, you know, Beckham was the guy I focused on at United as a kid. Uh, Skulls was the best player on that team. That dude is just fucking incredible. Just to, to go from an attack, sort of an attacking mid to a deeper line playmaker later on in his career, he, he bridged the gap from that. Class of 92 all the way up until the 2000s or whatever. And he just was United's metronome. The guy is just a fantastic player and, and someone that, that young people should, if they're learning the game, they should look him up. Skulls is amazing. Probably one of the best 
Premier League players of all time as well. Jimmy, you got any thoughts on Skulls? Is he still coming? I, no, he, yeah, he's got he's got thoughts on him, and he'll, okay. I know, okay. I know what. Right. My number one is uh, Kevin De Bruyne. I just feel like he never makes a bad pass. Every cross is per, it's just inch perfect. Like you said earlier, you know he's the uh, the Night King, controls City. City's been dominating the game for so long. I especially like Kevin De Bruyne because he's a Chelsea flunky. It does it for me. I don't know. I don't know why, but anytime someone leaves Chelsea and just becomes better, that does it for me. And Kevin De Bruyne, arguably the best ever to to play the position, in my opinion. Terry, uh, what's his name? John Terry said uh, his biggest mistake as Chelsea captain was not uh, putting more focus into Salah and De Bruyne when they were at Chelsea. I heard De Bruyne was a whiny little bitch at Chelsea. Yeah, is, is what I heard. They were, I mean, they were all children when they were there. That's the yeah. point. Like, it's a whole lone army shit there. Arguably, all football players are still children. Most are yeah. younger than us, Jimbo. And younger than you, Jake, 34. Yeah. Well, not James Milner. True. <laughs> or Tiago. Yeah, Tiago. Ashley Young. Um, forever. <laughs> Ashley Forever Young. Ashley. <laughs> Anyway, um, so uh, not same note too, bro. Uh, number one for me, uh, again, already mentioned before, but deserves his own line is uh, Xavi for Barcelona. I don't have schools on here, and I'll tell you why. And I think oh, that shit. you should, if you look at my entire list, like there's uh, one specific type of player that doesn't qualify for my best center mids. And largely outside of Roy Keane, they're all British. Like Roy Keane is his own uh, sort of wing, if you will. Like he was great for Manchester United because he provided steel. Um, but I wouldn't say he was a great center midfielder. Uh, Scholes scored and played forever. Like he was an energizer buddy, but um he was British, and that's exactly how I feel about Lampard. Is exactly how I feel about Gerard, as they did like a few things. Like we're like, man, that is world class. But outside of that, it was just effort and British. Like there was nothing special about about what they did. Xavi was magic. Xavi was a puppet master, uh, and like there was many times where his genius, his messy looked on the field. Xavi did that like commonly regularly like Messi would pop up like you know five times a game and do Messi magic and Xavi was just there consistently puppet mastering the entire thing so like I I see him as you know Xavi would be hard-pressed not to be in my top 10 football players of all time like he is that good he is fantastic um and he deserves his own line and as good as Iniesta was as good as Busquets was Xavi was the best of them and for me, best center mid to ever play. So yeah, I guess spoiler my uh, my number one is Zisu Zinedine Zidane. Um, don't got to go too deep into it. Champions League, league titles, won the Euros, won the World Cup, Ballon d'Or winner. Um, 
and as a manager, he's been, well, I mean, I guess it might be kind of easy to be a manager at Real Madrid. I still don't know what uh, the current one does other than dance with his players. But um, Zidane, Zidane was fantastic. The volley, like you said, um, the red card. As I've mentioned on another pod before, I worked in an Italian restaurant during the 06 World Cup, and the whole restaurant went quiet when he did that. Um yeah, just a joy to watch. Fantastic. One of the original Galacticos. Just a fantastic player. And there it is. Yes. Top fives. Top fives. Uh, do you guys want to end with rants? I got I got a rant. Well, more of a funny story, but it, it'll be my rant. Do it. So travel with me, if you will, to Peru. Their, uh, their first division. I don't know if you guys saw this on Men in Blazers, but I just wanted to shout it out because it is fantastic. So, uh, Universitario uh, won, their, won the league title, the Peru League title, over their rivals at their rival stadiums. Uh, at their rival stadium, the rivals are Alianza Lima. Uh, so, the minute the ref blew the whistle, you see... Uh, the uh, Universitario, I'm butchering that, players run out onto the field. And as soon as they start running on the field, the lights go out. They shut the lights out so that they couldn't celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> and the announcers are speaking Spanish and you hear them. And they're like, you know, they, they get all excited and you can tell they're talking about, and then, then they've won, they've won. And then the lights go out and you hear one of the announcers just bust out laughing. And it is <laughs> the pettiest shit I've ever seen, and it's fantastic. Like, the the stadium just went pitch black. Everyone in there has got to be searching. You go right for your cell phone turn the flashlight on. Yeah. What you got to do. <laughs> Calmly and quietly exit the facility, please. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, if, if anyone out there has got a chance to go watch it, Men in Blazers, I know, posted it to their Instagram. It is It is pettiness at its finest. It's fantastic. I did see that. It was fantastic. I've also been to Lima, Peru. Fantastic trip. If you get the <laughs> if you get the means. Yeah. Anywho, Jimmy, you got a got a rant. I'm drunk. Rooster <laughs> <laughs> Spoil- and after dark. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, I held it together no. till right then. One, I, I right at an hour, I start, I start to peter out. Tell Alex Windsor that next time, too. You can't get that guy off the pod. <laughs> love you, Alex. We do. I love him. Oh, my God. I know. I don't got anything for you, man. Like, I am. Uh, you say that, and then you always go into a rant. Well, you guys get me going on something else. Like, don't don't trigger me. I want to trigger you. It's got to you know be. What? You know what we should start doing is like a, a Greg Lobos sec, uh, segment. Where we just talk about like our our or the teams we're playing on, as if anyone you know would care. <laughs> I played I played three matches in a row on Wednesday, and I like limped to work the next day. I was like limping the entire day, and now I have to go play Sunday league. So, <laughs> I played futsal last night, and I was limping around, gimping around here. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I dislocated my knee on Monday. Like, but yeah, I'm like right. actually moving. I'm actually moving pretty good. Like, I think I like, avoided anything crazy. Like, it was when I say it was non-contact. Like, it was my right knee, right? 
and I was passing the ball right-footed. So I'm planting my left leg. My right leg swung back to go forward and make the pass, and I did a quick like pump one way and then tried to swing over and pass it the other direction. And in the transition of my foot going back, that just kept going, like in the patella tendon dislocated out, and then it pops back in. It makes like a loud crunching noise. Uh, and last time that happened, I was out for like four months, but I actually feel pretty good. I'm going to take next week off, but after that, I'll probably be able to play again. So it's just one of those things. I, I, I should probably wear a brace. I'm getting old. so Yeah, my rant is just a uh, quick shout out to Jake and all your, you know, all the people that have served for the country and gone nice. to war. Crazy shit, man. So yeah, happy Veterans Day to you. Hope you, hope you get to enjoy it. Thank, Thank you for you, your man. service. I appreciate it. I uh, I made Dick Cheney a fuck ton of money. Imagine a world where Brighton wins the Europa League. Imagine a world where Villa Imagine a world where Tottenham wins the Premier League.